Our minds are so powerful that what we focus on reverberates through every aspect of our lives. So why not see what happens when we put our attention on all the good things people are doing? Join me for the good with Teresa G as we start a ripple effect by focusing on all the greatness in the world. I am so excited because someone is here today who is a very dear friend, even though we have never met. We have walked the road of using neuroplasticity to regain our health together, and what a great and often challenging road it has been. I'm so thankful for this time with you, Vanessa, or as most of you might know her as the Grateful V. I'm, thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, it's awesome how you can connect with people you know, thousands of miles away um, on this journey of rewiring. So I'm grateful to know you and to be with you today. I'm so thankful for this moment with you. Um, it's, it's super hard to imagine that when we started following each other, I think we said it was like 2018. Is that when you started the? Yes. Yes. And we both started it in 2018. But when we started following each other, we were both so sick. We were really non-functioning. Yes. And, and how far we have come. Yeah. It's wild to look back and just see, um, what a transformation and how, how different our lives are since we first started retraining. Um, it's, it's honestly like a miraculous in a way, but we do know that the, the mind can be absolutely miraculous, right? When you use it properly. We do now know that. <laughs> Yes, now we do. do. Well, can you tell um, all of us a little bit about your journey with chronic illness and what brought you to neuroplasticity? Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, you know, my journey is a lot like everyone else's. Um, It's funny because I hear the same stories as I work with people as well. It's, you know, stress upon stress, you know, living a life where maybe we're not taking care of ourselves, maybe we're not setting boundaries, maybe there's trauma. So for me, it was a mix of all, all of those things. So um, in my past, um, although I would say I was a healthy young person, I would say there were, there was lots of trauma, a lot of things that I went through. um, And then throw on top of that, you know, an actual parasite infection, which I got in, in 20, 19, oh, sorry, 2009, which really started the chronic illness. So um, that was just the beginning of another decade long of multiple chronic health issues, which led to, you know, a completely debilitated state from POT syndrome to chronic migraine to small fiber neuropathy to chronic UTIs, chronic sinus infections, you know, chronic lung infections. You you know, it's funny because I forget all of the things that I had looking back on it now. Um, Glaucoma, vision issues, um, Meniere's disease, vestibular issues, and the list goes on. And I'm not going to even bother listing them off because I'll be here all day, but that was kind of yeah, right. Um, that was my my journey. And um, throughout that decade, um, I did have two beautiful children. I did get married, but I didn't get to enjoy it like I should have, like I would have if I was really there. Because let's face it, I was just surviving. I was just trying to get through every single day. And it was hard. It was really hard, especially as a mother as well. And 
just not being the person that you that you wanted to be. And so kind of peaked in 2017 when I was at my worst and I was hospitalized, you know, for over a month. And, um, you know, we really thought that that was it for me because I was so unwell. That was when the gastroparesis kicked in. I couldn't eat. I couldn't stand. Um, if I was upright, I would lose consciousness right away. I couldn't bathe myself or feed myself. It was just... Yeah, it was just awful. And I remember just being hospitalized and thinking, I'm never going to see my kids again. You know, my my husband was really thinking about, you know, how's he going to tell our children that mommy's not coming home? And then my parents, you know, like my dad at the time flew in from Greece. He was on vacation and he rushed back because we really didn't know that I, if I had any time left. So in that hospital bed, as I had just been diagnosed with POT syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, and vestibular migraine. Um, so I was given these labels and then, you know, a bunch of different medication. And they basically said, you're going to be like this forever. Just make plans. You know, if if you make it through, this is what your life is going to be. Um, you're going to be bedridden. You're going to need full-time support. And it's only going to get worse. And it was devastating to hear that, especially from doctors who are like, we don't know what to do for you. We, we really don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just a symptom management at that point. How can we make her comfortable enough? And um, I remember being in that hospital bed and just kind of started to Google POT syndrome and dysautonomia. And I came across Sarah Jackson coaching her Sarah Jackson's mm. page. Yeah, she had yeah. So she had a YouTube channel at that time, which she was pretty active on, and I just watched one of her videos, just one of them, and she was saying how she overcame hot syndrome and many of the other things that I had, like chronic fatigue, you know, all of that stuff. And I was like, no way, she's selling snake oil. There's no way the DNRS thing. I just literally put it in the back of my mind, and I never revisited it again because it was too good to be true. And the funny, and she, with the, with Sarah, she started the program pretty close, maybe like a year before us, because when I started following her, she was still not, you know, like she's also evolved into um, Sarah Jackson Panther, right? Yeah. You can find her on Instagram. She's great. She, um, you know, what we say as brain retrainers follow the people that are going to inspire you and give you tidbits to keep your brain healthy and keep your body in a calm state. So um, I definitely suggest following her. And of course, Vanessa too. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But it's just so crazy how we're all sort of, you know, close together in our time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the six degrees of separation. We're all somehow connected to somehow somewhere. Um, and, and it was just, that was just that one day I had looked into the DNRS and then I never looked at it again until I want to say close to six months later when I had, um, I was back home living with my parents, but, um, that's when, you know, full depression, um, I didn't want to live anymore. It was just, uh, the hell on earth is what I described it as, being fully dependent on somewhere, someone else at the age of 33 and not being able to take care of your own kids. And, and so this is kind of where like my journey into faith comes in too, is like, you know, I wasn't really a religious person growing up. I, you know, was typical baptized and go to 
you know, a Christmas, you'll go to church and that sort of thing. But um, my parents were desperate and, and they really just didn't have, didn't know what else to do. So they brought me to my local church and they did a special prayer over me. So the priest saw me, um, my parents had to carry me in. I, I literally couldn't stand. And he, you know, did this special prayer of health over me. And um, I would just remember that day very clearly because everybody was crying. Like my parents were sobbing. You could tell that it was like a last resort type situation. And, mm-hmm. and then this priest that I had never met before um, was really, you know, pouring out his heart and, and praying for me. And at that point is where I noticed like a glimmer of hope. My symptoms didn't change, nothing changed, but there's something in my mind that kind of flipped and said, well, maybe things can get better. And what's interesting is like that exact same time frame was when I, I DNRS popped up again on my phone, like just, of course. Yeah. And then I said, you know, well, maybe there's something to this. And, um, and I bought it and I never looked back. It makes me want to cry thinking of that whole scenario. Oh yeah. It it was, it was emotional for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that I think that we all kind of go through a particular pivotal moment where, where we're like, you know, maybe it can get better. Maybe something can shift. Maybe I can have hope. And it is that hope. Um, that hope rope that I was thrown that day that pulled me out of that pit. And so that's kind of what I really try and, and do with others on my page is to throw them hope ropes to say that I know where you've been. I see you. I hear you. I understand how hard it is, um, but it can get better. And so we have nothing to lose by hoping. Uh, we really don't. And, um, you know, for me, though, I was just hopeful for like the first few years. I'm like, you know, I'll get better. I'll get better. But it was like the last, the last few years where my hope was starting to dim. And frankly, when I started doing DNRS, it was literally like, okay, nothing else has worked. Doctors can't help, you know, eating like special diets, like herbs, all of this stuff can't help or isn't helping. So I might as well try this crazy program. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is when you've exhausted all your options, you're you, you're left with nothing. It's like, what do I have to lose at this point? You know, like I think we've all been through, um, you know, the holistic and naturopathic and diets and and functional medicine and detoxes and medication, and it's like when you've done all of it, you really. And I think that's part of the process for everyone who gets to this point is they've tried everything. And that's when they've come to a point where they're like, well, then maybe this is it. Like maybe it is a dysregulation of my nervous system, right? Maybe it's not going to be fixed by a pill. Maybe it's not going to be fixed by a a change in my diet, right? Maybe it is at the core um, something that I can change using my brain. Which is a really hard thing to conceptualize. Um, And I think when you're at that, when you're in a state of long-term illness, it's also hard to recognize that your brain might have created patterns or pathways that are creating, you know, the physical issues. And so it's just a fascinating journey to go all this way. And often I'll reach out to people where I see them like, you know, because now outside looking in, but sometimes inside too, 
<laughs> um, yeah. I can definitely uh, see the pattern. It's like a yes. similar pattern that is popping up and I'll see the pattern in someone and I'll say, oh my gosh, DNRS, you know, really helped me. And if you want to look into it, it might help you. And, and they're like, you know what? I'm focusing on healing. I'm not focusing on DNRS. <laughs> you know yes. I, mean? I hear this all the time. It's, it's like, yeah, this is very common because I feel like also if you and I thinking about your journey, if you were to go back, like, you know, eight to 10 years or whatever, the beginning of your journey, six, seven years. And you're like, someone came up to you and was like, Hey, I have this program where you can rewire your brain. Would you have taken it? I'd be offended. Yeah. I'd same, probably, same with I me. would be offended. I'm like, it's not my brain. It's not my brain. I'm not making myself sick, you know? And it's exactly. not, it's not that you're anyone's making themselves sick. It's that situations, exposures, illnesses have created a loop cycle in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it has nothing to do with you as a person and your strengths and your powers or your control. It's literally exactly. your brain responding to the situations that you've put in. So it's a fight and flight response. Exactly. And I know it, that's hard to hear for some people. Um, yeah. Um, and then when I started, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give this program. I didn't think it through very well. So I just started. And then my, literally my symptoms went off crazy. Like they got so worse. My, everything got worse. And so I stopped. I was like, this is a terrible program. I, at that point I was like having trouble walking and it was like decreasing my, it was just like decreasing. It was making everything worse. So I stopped the program and I think I didn't pick it up for a year. Have you heard of people just stopping because of the response is so strong? Oh yeah. I hear it all the time. Um, I mean, when we, when we incorporate something new and we, you know, especially when it comes to healing, we add in a new element, oftentimes we'll have this kickback and, um, it's sometimes it can be scary because then you're, you're associating this new thing with a worsening of symptoms. So essentially you're creating a new threat, right? You're perceiving an absolute new threat. Um, but again, this is very common with, with neuroplasticity, um, with these kinds of practices, sometimes you get worse. I don't want to say worse, but sometimes you, your symptoms will get louder temporarily before, um, they get better. And this is that key pivotal point where you need to keep going. So um, I like to kind kind of change my perspective when it comes to those moments and saying, well, my body's reacting this way to this. It means it's working. It means yeah. I've hit a soft spot, right? It means it's that burn at the, at when you go and work your muscles, right? It hurts, but it's hurting for a reason. Uh, there is something taking place, but that break, I know a lot of people who started and stopped or even just bought the program, watched it and got too overwhelmed and then symptoms peaked and then stopped again, or people who kind of continue on with the program and don't see the results as quick as they want. And then they stop again. And then years later, they're like, ah, you know, I'm picking it up again. And there's no shame with it. We all do it. I mean, I've taken breaks uh, throughout my retraining as well. But the important thing is that you 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 give it another shot and you pick that pick it back up. So and, and it's obvious that you did that, right? Like you yeah. came to a place. Yeah. 
And, um, and then I learned that when everything gets much worse, it means everything's going to get much better very soon. Yes. Um, Because it's like very cyclic, you know, like things will get haywire and especially the mental, um, your, because you're rewiring your brain, you, your mind will fight back by maybe increasing anxiety or increasing, um, things like that. But now, you know, and I always tell people when they message me and say, oh my gosh, but I'm just having such a, it's just like getting the worst ever. And I'm like, well, first of all, call a coach. So now you can call Vanessa. Um, and because it is a pivotal moment to speak to, because the coaches at DNRS really helped me when I was in those moments, um, because they would speak to me and remind me like what to say to my brain, like things like I am fine. This is just my limbic's response to, uh, or this is just limby concerned, but I am now in control and changing my pathways. So Limby, everything's going to be okay. And Limby is your limbic system. So that's an interesting thing. So remember, this program sounds amazing, and it is. It's a lot of work, and you're going to have some moments where that will will be challenging because it's a very challenging program, but it's the sticking with it that actually brings great results and sort of changing it to fit your needs. Would you agree? Yes. So important. This is what I work on with every single one of my clients. This is what I did with my own practice. You have to create something that that is customized, you know, something that is really you. Because if you're just repeating what someone else says, it doesn't feel authentic. And this is kind of where sometimes we'll run into problems. You know, with me, with myself, I changed the wording of the program to suit my own needs, to suit my personality. And I also incorporated my faith into, you know, my rounds, into the way that I would speak. I would use scripture and verses as proclamations. You know, I I would change up the actual rounds. Like, for instance, I would add in some music or I would speak in um, accents, different accents when I was uh, doing my, my visualizations out loud. I would use things, again, that were authentic to me, that appealed to me, that resonated with who I was as I healed. Because then it didn't feel so much like work and it felt more like some part of me, right? This thing that I did every day out of love for myself because I knew eventually the benefits would you know, outweigh any cost of time or effort that I put in. Um, so the customizing, and this is, I mean, a lot of coaches do this and a lot of people do this. Um, I find this really, really important to do something that resonates with you and incorporate the things that, you know, you enjoy into your healing, right? Absolutely. And really, I mean, to be honest, I don't even do the scripts anymore. Um, and I can't even remember them, which is shocking to me because I said them for so many years. <laughs> I, I or like I changed them. Like it actually sort of causes like, what? You don't know. But now after all this time, when I feel like I need to train, I just go directly into like the tools that I've learned that might not be a script, but it's the whole visualization. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, visualizing where I want to be, visualizing a place that brings joy, visualizing a place that um, somewhere in my future. And then of course, 
finding so much gratitude. Yes. Yeah. And um, I love that. I mean, I think that when you get to a, point, a place where you're at, you know, where you've done the healing, you've done the work. I mean, things are always going to kind of pop up in life where you're, you're going to need to tend to yourself, to your nervous system, and you're going to need to support it um, in the best way that you can to get through situations. So knowing that we have these tools now and knowing like at this point, your brain already is convinced that it's, you know, this is just my limbic system overreacting, right? You don't need to go through all of the whole script and, you know, all of that stuff. You go right to the core, which for you um, is the visualization, right? It's getting those dose chemicals flowing. It's getting your, your body, priming your, your mind and your body for this new experience that you want to have. And, and so I love that you do that, you know, as needed, you know, and I think that it's very common for all of us right? We don't ever forget the retraining or leave it behind. We carry it with us, right? Yes. And that's another point I want to um, bring up because I think on social media, sometimes, not always, I think that we do try to share our, our um, moments where it's a little harder. And I, I actually try to make a point, and I think you do too, of showing when it's all not um, perfect. But I think that I want everyone to recognize that we have reached out to each other over the years and we're like, oh, I need to start retraining again. Um, and yeah. so it, it hasn't been a straight and narrow path. It's been a path where we have both had situations come up that really has sort of um, been super challenging over the last yeah. four years um, where things have come back or new things or new illnesses um, yeah. have happened. And so it's not something where we're just like all better. It's something that we're continuously working at. And um, when we like, when we recognize that we are going down the, that road, we really get back into a more focused practice. Is it, isn't that true? Yeah. So, um, you know, I like to say that we're more aware than, than ever to when, you know, those subtle signs of dysregulation. So when things come about, like, for instance, you know, a pandemic or getting COVID and whatever it is that you're going through for me, and I'll be, you know, I'm going to be open about this, but, and I've shared a lot about this in my page, but in the fall earlier in last year, I also got COVID and I got a, a variant and so did my father and we all got it and he passed away from it. And so it was this horrible, horrible experience that I had never been through. Mm -hmm. And so this is it. I had never been through the, the loss of a parent. I had never been through, you know, this particular virus. I had never, you know, even the amount of stress of having, you know, your father in the ICU and then myself also in the hospital trying to recover. And then, you know, within a matter of two weeks, you know, him passing away and then having to plan a funeral and do everything. And I just, I want to take a moment just to say that I am so sorry. Um, cause Thank I've you. talked to you, I've talked to you, but we haven't talked voice to voice since then. And so I just want to say that I'm sorry. I was Thank so you. with you, you during that time. Like my heart was, and it still is. And I'm, you know, yeah, I appreciate that. I know I felt a lot of love from the community. It was you know, very supportive. Um, but like, again, I'm sharing the reason I'm sharing is not to scare off anyone, but just to show the reality that life happens as you heal, 
There are things that are outside of our control, things that happen. Just because you retrain, it doesn't mean nothing hard will ever happen again. But what retraining does is it allows you this confidence and this trust to know that whatever happens, you can get through it. So for me, I wasn't necessarily afraid of COVID I because I knew. I'm like, well, we know so many people who had, you know, quote unquote, long COVID, uh, the label, and recovered using DNRS. So for me, it was like, well, if, if something does, you know, happen and it get hit hard, I know what to do. And so um, it was just this other element of grief that we can't retrain. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we can't change, we can't get rid of, and we can't rush through that made it extra hard. And it was a strain on the nervous system. So I had to go back to basics. I had to support my nervous system in the best way I, I could. And for me, while I moved with my grief and I'm still moving with it, I tended to my body with somatic practices. I tended to my nervous system with, um, my you know, typical DNRS rounds. Like I started those off and I even changed them. I adapted them so that I could incorporate some grief into it. Mm. And so I, yeah, so I got creative with these tools and, and, and this is, is how I'm moving, you know, during one of the most, I would say the most difficult time of my life. Um, it's being able to have these tools to support ourselves through such challenging situations. And I think like that, I know for myself, I probably wouldn't have gotten through what I just went through, what I'm going through, had I not had these tools, this awareness, this knowledge, and known how to do this type of work. And so that is truly the gift in all of this is the goal in your healing should be not just to heal your symptoms, but to get to a place where you know, whatever happens, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to be okay. Mm. Because I am more prepared than I've ever been in my life. Right. And that's kind of the mentality that I like to, to pass on to all of the people I work with as well. And so to, to kind of go back to your point, yeah, I had to start you know, not from the beginning again, because you don't lose what you have, but pick up those tools and start to support yourself, whichever of your favorite tools, um, and use them to support your nervous system. And I know other coaches who've done the same. I know other retrainers who went through, again, difficult life challenges after they rewired. And you know what? That's life. There's no shame in it, right? But like I said, we're more prepared than we ever were to handle things like this. I love that. I love that idea and um, mantra is that, you know, I'm more prepared than I've ever been to handle whatever mm -hmm. comes my way. Exactly. I think the tools, you know, cause I have had multiple times since retraining where I, you know, we, I had mold in the house, so I had mold exposure. And uh, honestly, if I didn't have the tools, I just don't think that my body would have recovered so quickly. You know what I, yeah. it was just, it, it's, um, phenomenal. Um, so those tools, just so everyone knows it's not, oh, you know, life does happen. Just like you were saying, life does happen, but understanding neuroplasticity and retraining tools gives you exactly what you need to, what do you always say? You say live instead of survive through life. Exactly. Yeah. And living while you heal too. We don't need to wait 
to heal in order to live. And I think that these tools are all able to be incorporated into a regular life. That's a good point because when I, you know, I just put life on a hold when I was ill. Yep. And so I really love when you do your um, talks about that. Yeah. Um, It's so important because I think that's what most of us did right? We did put a pause on everything, but what if we didn't have to? I think that we just have this belief that we have to stop everything and just put, you know, 150% into the work, but then we don't have time for the joy and for life. And so when you're retraining in a bubble, you know, like isolated from everything else, and then you get back out into the world, chances are you're going to be triggered again. Mm-hmm. So what I you know, propose to most people is to, to do, obviously do the healing work, make it a priority, but also make joy a priority, make, you know, living your life when you're say there's certain things that maybe you want to do and you can't quite do perfectly. Well, can you do them in a, in an adapted way? You know, can you, um, let's say you wanted to go to the park, but you can't really walk or whatever it is. Well, maybe you will need an assistive device in the time for the time being. Maybe you need help getting there. Maybe you'll just sit for the time being. Maybe you'll need sunscreen and electrolytes and a hat, but you're still doing it and you're still creating new memories. You're still giving the opportunity to your to yourself to experience joy. So, you know, that's a really big piece of this is I want you, I want anyone who's listening right now to know that they don't need to put everything on hold because you can do a lot of living as you're healing and living is part of it. It's what's going to fuel that desire to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's um, such an important, uh, such an important piece um, that I, I kind of work with my clients through as well and share here on social media. And I know you're the same way. I see you getting out there. I see you enjoying nature. I see you listening to music and live, trying to live your best life with what you have right here, right now in this moment, right? Oh, totally. And one of the, you know, key things that has been so instrumental for me was one of the rules of DNRS was to move your body every day, go outside every day. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to go run a marathon. It literally means like, for me, it just started off with like sitting in the sun. And then it was walking like a quarter of a mile, not even a quarter of a mile a day, but that sort of starts your brain. That is part of the healing process. So start wherever you are start wherever you are. But now it's such a huge part of my life. You know, like I know I can calm my nervous system if I go out into the woods. Yeah. Immediately, you know, or I know that if I go move my body, it will decrease the overall tension in my body. And so, yeah. So I just think that's such a key component and I love how you explain it to people. So Thank you. Thank you for that. And so I wanted to talk, we have talked about this. Um, So once, you know, the healing, the physical healing took place, I was surprised to sort of be bombarded with emotional, these emotional traumas that came up. I, I was physically well, but then like I was recognizing the seeds, where seeds of illness had been planted throughout my life. And you had said that you experienced something similar, but is that, is that common where you heal and then the emotional, once your body or your mind knows you're well enough, it brings up the other stuff. 
That's exactly, you described it perfectly. So I think we, we heal in layers, right? It's not a, you know, very linear thing. We know how it's up and down and we heal in, in layers. And we know that once we kind of get through one layer, something else pops up. Like, I don't even know if you've experienced, you heal one symptom and another pops up. Or, you know, you heal one one trauma and that, that leads to another and another. Um, but what you're describing is something that I, I think most of us experience, and I did too, is once my nervous system felt safe enough, my brain opened up, you know, those memories. Like it opened up that part, that vault, I would say. And things started coming to the surface. And when they come to the surface, they come to the surface to heal. That's the reason they're presenting themselves and trying to grab your attention. And it's also a sign that you're well enough to do the deeper work. And so that's why I also caution others who are starting to retrain and don't have a firm basis in regulation. Don't rush to do the deeper work. There's absolutely no rush. Your body, your mind will tell you when it's time to do it. Because when you start digging for it and you're not in a space to do it and your body's not ready, you don't have the foundation, um, it'll set you back. And so for me, I, like you, I got through a lot of the physical stuff and I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, I feel normal again and, and life is, is, is better and all of this stuff. And then things started showing up, right? You started to notice for me, it was past trauma that I had repressed and it was, um, you know, patterns that I knew were unhealthy that I had been doing. And as I looked back in my life, I realized, well, maybe I wasn't really that healthy before chronic illness because I had all of these beliefs and all of that stuff. So there was definitely a, a I would say a, a second stage to the healing process where I kind of dealt with the nervous system stuff and calmed my nervous system as best I could. But then the roots kind of surfaced and was like, hey, I need, you know, you need to deal with me. And yeah, and, and I think, and it speaks loud, you know, you can't really ignore it. Um, and at that point I did more of trauma therapy, um, EFT tapping to deal with the beliefs and the memories and, um, and somatic experiencing, which for me uh, was very helpful both with the trauma and then also with more of the recent uh, grief. So um, there's so many different options out there and not everybody has to do the deeper work. I mean, I've seen people heal from, from stuff really pretty quickly and not really have much lingering. Um, but for some of us, it's a really vital piece. Well, it was a surprising piece to me, you know, cause I had gone to therapy. I did, I had done a lot of therapy and I, you know, DNRS, the program doesn't really prepare you for that. They actually tell you like, don't work on the emotional aspect. Cause you know, you're not yes. strong enough to, and I definitely agree with that. Like just yeah. put all the emotional stuff aside and do the program or, and, and focus on the, you know, paving new pathways, but it really, and it was like two years after. So I was like living my life and blah, blah, blah. And then it just like hit me. And it was such a blessing because, you know, all the hours of therapy and all these things hadn't really gotten to the root issue. So it was a great blessing for the root issue just to pop up this emotional issue, multiple issues but I just wasn't quite prepared for it. So <laughs> I remember I messaged you. I think I messaged you and I'm like, are you just 
is this a normal thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we're ever prepared for it. Right. Because I mean, even with, like you said, you had done therapy and that's sort right. Of, I did talk therapy for, for like close to a decade. And I don't think it ever really had the effect that it could have had if my nervous system was regulated um, or if I had done that deeper work. But yeah, I mean, it would definitely came up as a surprise for me too. certain things that I really had never even remembered until like that point. Um, And that's an interesting part of the brain, right? When you're in survival mode, you know, those memories aren't important. Right. Like at this point, it's it's kind of like you just remember what you need to remember to get through the day and everything else kind of just falls to the wayside until you get to a place where it's okay for you to remember these things. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it was. And one thing I just want to take a moment to talk about that's sort of off topic, but I think it's important. um, Sure. Is that when we were talking about the emotional stuff coming up, we both were talking about how finding our voice. Yes. Was a huge, huge component uh, as we look through the past. So uh, what does finding your voice mean to you? Yeah. So um, this one's an interesting and more of like a deeper thing that I went into, again, kind of as I was doing the deeper work. But, you know, there's so many times in my life, and I would say it's a pattern where it wasn't safe to speak. It wasn't safe to speak my truth. It wasn't safe to speak my needs. It wasn't safe to communicate what my, what I felt. Um, so, you know, and I think that these beliefs that I, that I had regarding my voice and, and what I had to say and the fears associated with them, they came about as a result of experiences in my past where I was made to feel like my voice didn't matter. No one wanted to listen to what I had to say, And that I just wasn't important. And so, you know, it's fine to completely rewire our brains and move on with your life. But then if you're still carrying on those beliefs uh, about yourself, I mean, you're not really stepping into your power and you're still allowing those to, you know, really govern how you live your life. And so um, I had to go back to particular memories in my life where I remember wanting to speak up for myself or to say something or speak my truth and I couldn't. And, um, you know, through tapping and some other, you know, various different exercises, I was able to kind of rewrite those and then also rewrite my current story. So I started to learn to face boundaries, right? I started to learn to speak up for myself and then find that voice. Like, who was I? What did I want to say? Right. I had let people my entire life really talk for me in so many ways and speak for me and sometimes think for me. So I think it was a gradual unfolding as I healed my physical body and then started to do some of the deeper work. I also started to uncover these layers and find my voice. And part of that was, you know, my Instagram starting to share my story because it was mine. No one could speak it for me or, or, or even, you know, was, it was all me. And for the first time I started to feel like I was speaking and people were listening. Mm. And so, yeah. And so I think that was just a very empowering part of my journey. And I think that did, did help with my healing 
being able to just share. And I think that in this community as well, how many times have we been silenced by doctors or by practitioners and like, or by other people, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking or there's nothing wrong with you or you're overreacting or um, nobody cares, right? Made to be feel to feel that way. And I think that part of what I do with my clients is allow them to use their voice and encourage that and listen. Like how, what a great feeling is it to have someone actually listen to you? It's amazing. It's an, it's amazing thing. And, and that whole thing you just said was so empowering and so powerful. Um, so I want to thank you for that. You're so welcome. And I agree with you completely. And, and I actually, I talk myself into using my voice all the time because it doesn't come naturally. But as soon as I recognize that that was like really a huge, huge part of what, what I needed was to be able to just say what I felt or say how I feel and be heard or even not even heard sometimes, literally just me standing up and saying it. it it's just such an important, important thing for me and my overall health. Yeah. And I try to teach my, you know, like my daughter, I'm always trying to teach her that component because I think that it's a, a real issue that's sort of across the board. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. Um, and I try and do the same, right? Like, I mean, we're lucky that we do have this knowledge and this awareness because we can pass it on to our kids. But, and, and, and then, you know, like that phrase where it's like the trauma stops here or the generational stuff, like we have the ability to stop it, right? And not pass it down to our, to our children, but not everybody has that luxury or awareness or knowledge that, that we do. And yeah, it's, it's sad. It, it really is. But we're changing. We're changing things. Um, yes, there's hope. <laughs> it always it starts with us. It starts with us. So heal yourself and you can, you know, you're healing the world um, yes. because everyone around you feels better. And um, yeah. So thank you for that. And then now I'm just going to totally jump to another topic that sure. I think is important and that you've talked about recently is, will you talk to us about uh, surrounding with yourself with cheerleaders versus fear leaders? Oh yeah. This one's, this one's a good one. Um so I came up with the fear leader term as I was retraining because I started to become aware of people in my life um, who were fear leaders. And by what and what that meant for me was there were people who were not supportive in my healing journey. They were people who were trying to really solidify this idea in me that I was not going to get well or what I was doing was a waste of time or... Um, people who instilled the continuous fear in me, but it was their fear. You know, people who weren't nurturing to my healing journey and weren't supportive of it. So I started to see them as fear leaders and everybody has them in their lives. They may be, you know, a, a, a family member. They may be a friend. They may be someone on social media. And um, those are the types of relationships that are not conducive to healing. And so I was pretty good at setting those boundaries and it wasn't easy at first, but removing people from my life or at least choosing to step back from them that were really leading the fear, accentuating it, really, you know, growing it 
in, within me. And I, and you can tell the difference when you're around a fear leader, the doubt, the seeds of doubt are planted. They start to grow in your mind. You start to think, well, maybe I can't heal. Well, if they don't think I can, then I won't. Or, you know, they don't believe in me or they think I'm crazy, whatever it might be that they're making you feel at that point. It's not a good feeling. And in contrast to cheerleaders, we know what cheerleaders are, right? They cheer us on, they support us, um, they're excited for us, they hope for us, they believe for us. And this is, this is one thing, is like when you're in this state of debilitating illness or whatever thing that you're going through that's challenging right now, sometimes you're in such a low state that you don't even really have the energy or the ability capacity to hope or believe or to pray and so this is kind of what I remember someone came into my life and and told me if you can't hope or if you don't have hope I'm gonna hope for you if you don't believe I'm gonna believe for you and when you can't pray I'm praying for you and um, this person became a really big cheerleader in my life and um, still is to this day. And I started to follow that and said, you know what, I need people in my life who are going to support me. And I started to really take a good look at who I'm surrounding myself with, you know, and I chose wisely. And I still choose wisely, Teresa, because, you know, I mean, it's such an important thing. It's like you are what you consume, but you're also who you hang around with and who you give your energy to. So um, finding cheerleaders, and we have a ton in this community mm. who are absolutely amazing. Like this community is unlike any other. I'll tell you that. I know. I feel like we should all go on vacation together or something. I yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. It'd be so fun. An uh, annual healing retreat event or something. Yeah, because the vibe. There yes. would be no, you know, you couldn't surpass that vibe. The yes. vibe would be so phenomenal. Exactly. I, I imagine it like um 1960s hippies, peace and love, like everyone's just vibrating, <laughs> you know, so high and and elevating. Everybody's in this really good mood and and it's all off natural neurochemicals. <laughs> totally, totally. Because that's yeah. how we live, you know? It's just like, that is, um, not to say that we don't have tough days, you know? But oh yeah, that you I became addicted to those chemicals, of those feel-good chemicals. Um, yeah. And they're just so powerful. And then I wanted to sort of add in with the fear leaders, the same, you know, the people that are, addicted to bad news porn so those like people who you know they might cheerlead you but every time you see them they're telling you like bad news about bad things that are going on in the world bad things that like the neighbor five uh, houses down something that happened to them and those people that when you walk away you're just sort of like oh the, the world isn't that good yes that's so true the news you brought up a bit really important point too is is what you're consuming on the social media and the news too right and let's face it the news is mostly bad mm-hmm. right it's mostly tinted negatively and for me and for my mental health I had to shut it all down you me know too. like no yeah and 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 I know a lot of other retrainers who did and I know some people are like, well, then how are you supposed to know anything? I'm like, well, trust me, if there's something really important, I will know. Like my husband will tell me or, 
you know, like someone else will get the message to me, but it's just not helpful to me in any way to, to constantly see things like that. Um, obviously now, now I'm in a better place where like, I'm not triggered by things like that, but I mean, when you're in a, in a deep place of, of like, you're in the thick of it and you're retraining, you're rewiring, you're going to want to be careful of what you're watching and consuming. And like you said, the person who comes bringing, bearing, you know, bad news every day is not helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a requirement when you start the program is I think you can't watch the news and like bad media for six months. And so that's actually what started this podcast because I was like on social media and I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone is posted. It's gotten better, I think. Or I've just cleansed it. I probably just cleansed it. But I was like, everyone is just posting bad news. Like this is all bad news. And then I was searching for things that were like good news and I was having problems. So like in the midst of my training, I think like, I don't know, three months in, I started this podcast. Um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. And I was like, I just, I woke up one morning and I was like this, I just want to start a podcast that is like going to you know, introduce like good things and and people that will inspire. And, and this podcast has actually been one of my tools of retraining because yes. let's talk about the science of neurons that fire together, wire together. <laughs> and this podcast has literally done that for me because when I was too sick to go out, when I was too sick to, you know, go and socialize, I would reach out to people that inspired me and see if they'd come on the podcast. And then, I just, oh, wow. and they would come on and talk to talk with us for like an hour. And this was part of my healing process was this podcast. So yes, that's amazing. Do you want to talk about it? You want to introduce this idea of the science of neuron, neurons that fire together? Yeah, well, what I wanted to kind of add to what you said was that, you know, as you're so same with you, like I started posting on Instagram and obviously, you know, the feedback from others and then meeting other retrainers, you get into that like healing vibe, right? Where everyone's kind of vibing in the same wavelengths. Um, but what the good thing I, I said, well, as you're interviewing others is you get those mirror neurons firing, right? So when we see others healed or healing or doing well, we start to feel it, right? And we can picture ourselves like that. And so like, there's something so powerful in being in the presence of others who are motivating and inspiring and motivating, like just helpful to you. Right. And it really does change your, your neurochemistry. It, your entire body changes depending on who you're talking to and who you're with. And so I think that that's, um, I, I'm, I'm amazed that you started this three months into retraining. I don't think I could have even strung together like the, the podcast. Like, that's amazing. Well, media, it, well, first of all, um, I'm going to talk about this later, but angels have always been a part of my life. So um, oh. it was literally like I woke up. I had never listened to a podcast. That's even more weird. And I woke up what? and I told, I told my husband, I was like, I have to do a podcast that is going to focus on the good in the world. And he's like, what is a podcast? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I literally did not know. And then I started listening to podcasts like crazy. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because of course I like ran to the Oprah podcast. I don't even know if she still does that. And like all these like uplifting podcasts. 
And, um, that was also part of my healing process. Cause I would, I would go on these, like first they were super short walks and then I'd go on these longer walks. And I just listened to these podcasts that were uplifting me. And again, that's the whole neurons firing together. Yeah. And it all just so happened seamlessly. Like nothing really happens that seamlessly, but honestly, like, I think I went on Facebook and went on a podcast group and was like, I've never done a podcast, but I want to do a podcast. And then this guy like messages me and he's like, we'll do your website and we'll host you. And then my brother is, it was so amazing. And then my, my brother's a sound producer and he literally flew here and set me up and like told me what to do. And then I just reached out to people that had inspired me in my past who I feel offered healing and they all said yes. And I, I was literally podcasting like three weeks. I was up and running. It was crazy. That is nuts. That is absolutely nuts. And you know, like when things start to flow like that, you know, it's, you're in an alignment, right? You know, it's like where you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing. At least that's what I kind of like found. Totally. Totally. That's wild. And I think you should do, we should do another episode on, on, like you said, angels, but like signs from elsewhere, because I've had so many on this journey. I can't even tell you how many. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. We should, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. just miracles, absolute miracles. Um, and and I've heard stories as well, just absolutely miraculous things that have happened in people's lives. And I think that hearing those things and knowing that there's something more to us than this is also comforting in a way. I don't totally. know if you can agree or, or relate, but yeah. Oh, I, so I relate so much so that, you know, miracles happen in my life every day. There's always good things that come from, and I always say the blessing and the illness, and I never need to experience illness to grow or to Mm -hmm. expand again. But the blessing that came from the past was that I became so much more uh, spiritually focused. Yes. Because when you you have a, a body that's no longer working for you, um, or for me, when my body was no longer working, I literally was sort of working in the spirit world. Um, and that yes. might sound crazy, but I was no, not at all in prayer, you know, I was looking, yeah. working in prayer and asking for help. And, um, and that's where I found myself uh, every day. And that's what got me through. Wow. What, how, isn't that amazing? I, I see this often is, is when people are starting this journey, they start with a purpose in mind to heal symptoms, something physical, but then it ends up being something so much more. We end up finding ourselves. We find who we were meant to be all along. Um, we are able to shed these layers that are kind of, we're keeping us kind of constricted and, you know, remove the masks that we used to wear. It is such a, journey of transformation right in in so many ways it's like you know you you go in for one thing it's like Costco you go in for one thing and then you you come out with like you know a thing a whole thing yeah yeah and I love going in Costco like this is the other amazing thing it's like every little thing the first two years, it was really crazy. Like I would just be like walking in like in this overwhelming joy. And I try to go back to that and find that as often as possible or going mm. to Costco. It was like this overwhelming joy to be in Costco. Yes. And like the, you know, the first vacation I took it, I was like, 
glowing in joy and gratitude and, um, or just going out to dinner with my friends. It was like joy and gratitude. And, um, and I try to hold on, I hold on to that. Um, and as you know, life is getting, it gets busier and busier, the more you're able to do, but every day I try to stop and just find that joy and gratitude. Like, oh my gosh, I'm walking down this road. Oh my gosh, I'm going to pick up my daughter. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, I'm going to have a glass of wine. <laughs> you know? Yes. I know exactly what you're describing. It's like being reborn again. Like colors are more vibrant. Like for me, it's like colors were more vibrant. It was like, I had never noticed the sky before. Mm. I had never noticed the trees before like this because we were just surviving. Right. But yeah, it is such an important piece to kind of take a look back. I, I, I don't often tell people to look back, you know, to look forward, but I think there is a purpose in it, in looking back to see how far you've come, mm. you know? And, and that's kind of what this is. Like you said, is that staying in gratitude and being like, Oh my gosh, I can, you know, pick up my kids. I can drive. I can go outside for a jog if I want, like I can move. And when you've lost all of that in the past, like, you know, you know how special that is. It, it's, it, it's life. That's why we're here. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause all the other craziness, that's not going to give you that feeling of the bright green and the grass flowing in the, in the wind, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, and, and everyone who follows me knows that, that I, I totally, and you, that we totally do go crazy over those sort of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's just where we are. Yeah. Um, so you're going to come back on. This has been so fun. Yes. I really enjoyed myself. I enjoy you so much. But I always ask people at the end to tell me what they implement every day to make themselves better or so they can be their best selves. But to sort of reframe it for our conversation, I want to ask, what are the non-negotiable practices you've incorporated into your everyday to help maintain your neuroplasticity? Okay. Um, so I have a, I actually posted a morning routine on my Instagram, but every morning I like to start off like literally as I hear my alarm clock or my eyes kind of open up, I, I start with thank you. Mm-hmm. So for me, I thank God that I'm waking up. I mean, I remember I used to wake up and wish I hadn't woken up. Um, what a difference, but I wake up and thank him for another day. And then I think like every little minuscule thing as I'm moving, as I'm waking up. So thank you for my legs for keeping me supported. Thank you to my bed that held me all night. You know, thank you to the sun that's, that's rising. Um, and then I kind of get the kids ready, you know, it's chaotic in the morning and I spend about 20 minutes. Um, so this is kind of what I do every day in the morning is I recite, um, affirmations and scripture just to start my day so I just kind of speak them aloud in front of my mirror I'll do some gentle somatic practice for my nervous system takes like not even 10 minutes and I'll do a visualization so that's kind of like my non-negotiable you know supporting of my nervous system and obviously if we're if I'm going through a more stressful time I'll tend to my needs more and um, maybe do some more visualizations or breathing or whatever it is. Like we have so many tools we could use, but I choose one of them and I stay in, um, in gratitude and I look, I actually purposely 
um, choose joy during the day. So I know if I have a busy day, I have to, you know, make time for that joy and that connection with my family and nature. So that's kind of like what it looks like. And as you said, like, as you heal, life gets busy. You know, you kind of, you go back to work, you have more responsibilities, you have more things, but that's no reason why you can't continue to support yourself and do things that are healthy for you. Just like brushing your teeth or going to the gym or some people meditate, you know, this is also nervous system uh, support is, is an important piece of my day and it should be for everyone, especially in these days. But yeah, that's kind of how it looks like. I don't hope I answered your question. Oh, you answered it so good. I am actually going to, I want to start adding mantras into my morning routine. Our morning routine is somewhat very similar. I don't know. And I was thinking when you were saying that, something that I used to love to do, and someone said this, and did you post this? To thank every, go ahead and thank everybody that you're going to, that's going to come across your day when you wake up. Oh, I love that think and, and visualize everything working out seamlessly and, and enjoy. Yes. So good. So good. Um, I actually have, as for mantras, I have a, a belief boot camp thing that I'm going to be launching in the beginning of the fall. So um, if you're looking for mantras, so belief work is a huge piece of what I do with my clients, you know, just dismantling limiting beliefs and putting in our new truth um, what we would want to believe instead and what are what truth we choose to walk in. And so I'm I'm just stay tuned if anyone's interested, but I'm gonna be launching a belief boot camp type series. It'll be a consecutive few weeks of um, basically the main themes that kind of keep us stuck in our healing. Oh um, I'm so excited yeah, for this. So I'm working on it. That is great. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, thank you. Me too. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you can email me. Uh, you can go to my website, thegratefulv.com. You can find me on Instagram at thegratefulv. I'm, I'm also on um, Facebook and TikTok and YouTube. I haven't been as active on there, but I plan to. Um, but yeah, any of those those ways, you can DM me or email me. And um, and yeah, and that's just how I, how you can get in touch. Oh, so like I was saying, my life has been full of fellow earth angels um, that show up at the perfect time and help shine light through the darkness to get to the light. And Vanessa, you are one of those fellow earth angels. And it's been a gift to have you walk this journey with me. Um, I'm so proud of both of us at how far we've come and all of what we've gone through. Um, And I just want to thank you so much for finding the courage and compassion and healing yourself enough to help others and to guide them to a place where they can live again. Oh, thank you so much, Teresa. I feel the same about you. I think we all resonate and connect with people who have that bright light, right? And I think the same of you. Um, And I love what you're doing and sharing the good. We need more of the good in this world. Um, And I love what you're preaching to everyone, right? And I look forward to another another episode where we can talk a little more about some of the amazing miracles that we've encountered. <laughs> I can't wait. We'll have to schedule that now because we get so busy. Look, the, you guys that are listening, we tried to, I think we scheduled this like two years ago or no, was it one year? <laughs> yeah. I think it was one year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's perfect timing. 
It's been perfect yes. timing. It's been a wonderful experience. So we will, we'll schedule that. And thank you so much for coming on and firing neurons with me. Yes, you too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. And everyone else out there, do something for those neurons today. Go hang out with someone that makes you laugh and someone that will make you walk away from them feeling overwhelming joy and happiness. I'm Teresa Gabrielle, and you've been listening to The Good with Teresa G. You can follow The Good with Teresa G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.